on this episode of the Answers on Aging podcast. If it's beyond just in the very beginning stages of dementia, um, if they have frequent forgetfulness or if they are having delusions and, and you cannot reason with them, there is absolutely nothing good that will come from involving them in this discussion. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal, and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real life, real-time issues, and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30-plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. That's right. This is the Answers on Aging podcast, and my name is Todd Watley. And as always, I thank you for joining us uh, either on the podcast or on YouTube. We're now doing this simultaneously. Simultaneously, on what you hear on the podcast, you can also see us do on YouTube, thanks to Trisha. So, thankfully, I am here with my co-host, Sarah Scott. Hey. Hey, Todd Watley. Welcome, everybody, back to another riveting episode of the Answers on Aging podcast. We are just delighted to bring you some really helpful information yet again, and today we're going to answer... The question, how do I best prepare to transition either myself or a loved one into a higher level of care? So that's a lot of um, (coughs) preparation, planning, and ideally in just for today's episode, the hope is that we're not in crisis planning mode Mm -hmm. and that we are preparing and we are planning Mm -hmm. a transition either from home into assisted living, memory care, or nursing home setting, or possibly from assisted living into memory care or nursing home. Yeah. And like everything we do on this podcast, this comes from real life situations. Mm -hmm. And Sarah has helped a number of people, too, mainly, do that transition lately. And so I was like, hey, this is fresh on your brain. Mm -hmm. You've done this the last two weeks. Let's talk about it. And yeah. Use your mm-hmm. experience to help people, number one, see what's coming, mm-hmm. and then in the process to know what to do and to do it correctly. Yeah, so it's been really, uh, I know it sounds kind of wicked, but enjoyable for me mm-hmm. to be kind of the navigator through these transitions from um, living in a private home. One of my care navigation clients was living at home with her husband. And has transitioned into a dementia unit in a nursing home, full-fledged nursing home. And it's just early 60s. So that was a huge adjustment. Mm -hmm. Husband still works. We'll get into some of the nitty-gritty on that later. But And then um, this weekend, another one of my clients in her 90s is transitioning from an apartment that she's lived in alone for 20 plus years into an assisted living community. 
And those are big, big steps and hard decisions along the way had to be made. Mm -hmm. And so today I wanted to take some of the things that I've learned in that process, but also draw off of the experience from a social worker in a nursing home and an administrator in a nursing home to help you, our listeners, prepare and to make this as smooth as possible. But heads up, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. You're not going to enjoy it. It's, I mean, it's going to be hard regardless of how much you prepare, okay. but we're going to try to make it easy as possible. So I think one question people out there may be asking is, were these people agreeable to this? Were they involved in the planning? Sure. I mean, the client. Right. right. Did so, they want to go to um, this higher level of care? One and one. So one is yes, one is no. Okay. Um, so the, the younger lady who's in her sixties, um, she has no clue or okay. had no clue okay. leading up until move in day, mm-hmm. what was happening. Wow. Yeah. Um, the other lady moving from her apartment into assisted living has been involved along the way to a certain extent, but she's agreeable one day and then she'll change her mind okay. and then she's agreeable. And then she changes her mind. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. So I think our audience will experience that, you know, particularly with a person who is way advanced dementia, they have Mm -hmm. no idea. And I'm sure you'll advise them on how much you tell them going into this. But then the other person is like, sure, I'll go. And no, I don't. Yeah, I do. No, I don't. And how you do that. So yeah. 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 Let's jump into it. Well, yes. And just real quick before I jump into it. So I've broken it down into five easy steps. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Easy. Um, but if your loved one who's transitioning into a higher level of care has dementia, I do not recommend, um, if it's beyond just the very beginning stages of dementia, um, if they have frequent forgetfulness or if they are having delusions and, and you cannot reason with them, there is absolutely nothing good that will come from involving them in this discussion. Okay. Period. End of story. And that hurts. Just don't. And oh. it, it does, but it's going to cause a whole lot of unnecessary stress Mm -hmm. that you can avoid if you just don't include them in that conversation. And that might sound cold, Mm -hmm. but if you have worked with or cared for someone with dementia and they cannot reason with you, um, what is the point? Yeah. It's just frustrating on both for them. Mm -hmm. You're raising issues that they'll be upset about and they'll forget tomorrow and you got to bring it up again and go through that again. And for you, there's no sense in just going through it every Mm -hmm. single day. Just do it. Just do it. Um, so, okay. The very first step to make this as smooth as possible of a transition is going to be determining the appropriate level of care because there are so many options out there. Mm -hmm. There's independent living. There are, um, senior neighborhoods, that have nothing to do with getting care for your loved one necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just a neighborhood full of old people mm-hmm. because they like to be around other old people. Other old people. They don't want to be around kids. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so knowing, you know, the different levels of care is incredibly important because you don't want to have to make this step again. Yeah. And if you don't choose the right level of care for your loved one, 
you're going to have to start back at square one three months down the road when the facility becomes acclimated to mom or dad's needs and figure out they need more care than what we can provide. You don't want to have to do this more than one time if it's at all possible. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't already listened to what distinguishes the different levels of care, go back to early, early on in the podcast, Mm -hmm. listen to the differences and try to figure out on your own or hopefully with a professional Mm -hmm. who can do the assessment and determine, yeah, it is time for assisted living or maybe it's nursing home time. Okay. Yeah. And I would also recommend that if you haven't already, check out our book. It's called Conquering the Maze of Ch- Long-Term Care for Your Loved One. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Determining the level of care. Yeah. Determine the appropriate level of care. So once we've done that, step two is choose your facility. Okay. Mm-hmm. Based on if it's time for mom to go into assisted living, Know what assisted living facility options are in your area, tour them, ask the right questions, and choose a facility. And I would recommend that even if you might have five in your community and you've narrowed it down to two or three that -hmm. you're kind of considering, go ahead and put mom or dad on the waiting list. There's usually... Not a fee, but even if it is, it's minimal. And if they call you and it's not time to make that transition quite yet, you can always say, we're not ready, but keep us on the list. That way, you're not not flipping back into that crisis mode planning. And that's chapter three and four of our book. It's a really good book. (laughs) (laughs) So once you have chosen the facility or narrowed it down and you've got, you know, two or three, um, then you want to become comfortable and familiar with how the facility operates. Mm -hmm. Okay. I highly recommend, and I just came back from doing this very thing with one of my clients going into an assisted living, go have meals. Okay. At lunchtime. She did not admit today, did she? No, but no. She's moving You went in this there with weekend. her. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, to. Went with her. Kind of helped break the ice in the dining mm-hmm. room, found a spot in the dining room, um, and started a conversation. And I d- it didn't take long, thankfully, <laughs> for the two, you know, for my client and um, the resident who lives there to have. Their own conversation going, and it was I could not quit grinning because they were just going back and forth and having a really good conversation, and and I would also recommend that you talk to other residents and while you're visiting, if there are other family members there, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Try to find out, you know, what are the day to day schedules? Mm-hmm. How does it work if mom has notoriously slept in until 10 30 11 every morning and you don't serve breakfast past 8 a.m does that mean mom has to wait until lunch to get fed or Mm -hmm. what are the other options well and talking about other family members have you seen that other family members kind of become quasi family members to your person and so they'll check on their person Mm -hmm. but then they'll say oh hey miss jones how are you doing how was your and you know you become, they have multiple people who come in and talk to them, yes, which is good. Okay. It is. And this is also a wonderful opportunity 
for you and your loved one that's going to be moving in to become familiar with the staff. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot today about some of the staff um, mm-hmm. that once she moves in and becomes an official resident, the tone changes just a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's it's less of a personal interaction and more of a, a business or professional sure. relationship. And so if you can develop those um, personal relationships and have certain things to bring up in conversation beyond mom's care or any concern that Mm -hmm. you might have with the staff, you're going to be more relatable. You're going to see more favorable outcomes and it's just going to be a smoother transition, which is the whole point in today's episode. Right. Okay. So we've determined the level of care. We've chosen a facility. We are starting to become comfortable Mm -hmm. with what to expect. Um, and again, if if your loved one has dementia, um, it's still going to be a good idea to bring them with you, but just don't rock the boat. You know, go back to that validation therapy, meeting them where they are. And, and you'll find that the residents are all on different levels of functioning. So some of them will be able to carry on a good conversation with you. Mm-hmm. at the dining room mm-hmm. um others don't even rec- recognize that you're there <coughs> or remember your face and that's mm-hmm. okay too but you need to get familiar with them because your loved one much like a child um is going to sense your nerves and know that you're not comfortable and that's going to make them uncomfortable and mm-hmm. then that's just going to lead down a path we don't want to go down sure so get comfortable um, and then once all of those things are in place, pull the trigger. Okay. Pull the trigger. I think it's interesting. You On your younger client, when you pulled the trigger, mm-hmm. do you want to talk about the premise that you told her that you're going there? Yeah, under? yeah. Okay. So I told her that we were going to volunteer at this old folks home. <laughs> And just socialize and engage with these old people during lunch. And she was all for it. Mm -hmm. So we get to the facility. Her husband, of course, I understand why, didn't want to be the one (coughs) taking her and dropping her off. Um, And her room had already been set up. Her personal items were already there. Um, And the paperwork was all done. Do not do the admission paperwork with your resident, by the way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just don't. 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 Save the headache, save the stress and the questions. Do it before it's time to move in. Anyway, um, so we get to the facility and um, go into the dining room, start chatting with some ladies. I pull her up a seat, go talk to the nurse, and she's socializing and engaging with these other residents. Helping. Helping. Yeah. And didn't know any different. Okay. And I just kind of slid out the back, and it was pretty pretty smooth. Wow. Yeah, cool. it worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, I have found that if you can plan enough in advance to do it at the time a meal is served or an activity that you know that they love mm-hmm. is going on, mm-hmm. to get them distracted and to also engage them so you're not just pulling up and dropping them off and then they're just sitting in their room until dinner or the next activity. Let's not do it that way. Distraction. Distraction. Keep them them engaged. Mm -hmm. 
and and really do i mean if you have followed our advice so far and you've visited and gotten comfortable with the staff and the other residents in the facility they're going to recognize you you don't have to reintroduce yourself and it it just it's so much easier that way okay and once you've pulled the trigger mom or dad is in the care facility the last and probably most important step is to visit frequently. Now, talk about that, how sometimes it's not good to visit initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes, it, you know, and that's one of those things. The staff may tell the family, don't come back for right. five days. Yeah, so <sighs> prime example, last week um, after we had admitted my younger client into the memory care, we had all talked to the staff, me and her husband and her daughter, and agreed that we were probably going to stay away for about a week so that she can adjust. Um, And during that week, overall, I would say it was okay, but she was tearful. She didn't think that anybody was ever going to come back and see her. And so, you know, in phone calls with the staff, checking on her every day, I let her husband know she's tearful, and he just couldn't stay away that long. Yeah. So he and the daughter decide they're going to go up and visit mom. After how many days? Um, let's see. We took her on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It was four days. Okay. She was so happy to okay. see them. Okay. She reacted really well. Good. And all she wanted to know was that she wasn't just abandoned, okay. to be honest. And then the following day, they took her out to um, a family member's house to celebrate Christmas. Okay. And it worked really I well. You didn't tell me that. Good. Yeah, that doesn't always turn out the same, <laughs> right. but it's just a lot of it's going to depend on the loved one you're working with. But keeping that open line of communication with the staff mm-hmm. is going to be key. So... As a nursing home administrator, tell our listeners what sorts of things can happen. You know, when the family does come back, yeah. what are the the range of things that they should be looking for? Well, it could be ideal, like it was with this particular mm-hmm. client, but it could also be really, really hard. Okay. It could be um, screaming, crying, Why mad, did you leave me anger, here? Mm-hmm. why are you leaving me? It could even be like physical latching on to you and just begging you please don't leave me here or please take me home yeah and you need to be prepared and i think a really good um indicator again of how they're going to react is going to be with that communication to the staff throughout the first few days to Mm -hmm. figure out what their moods are maybe there's a certain time of day that they do better Mm -hmm. than others yeah Find that out, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and also take snacks or some little happy, you know, they, it's handy to have in your pocket, nothing major, just, you know, their favorite candy or maybe um, a a CD or some music to turn on in the room. Bring me a Reese's cup and I won't be mad at you. Got it. (laughs) Got it. We'll have those in the med cart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the level of care, the quality of care that your loved one receives in a care facility is directly correlated with the frequency of family visits. Okay. Yeah. I mean, after that week, mm-hmm. yes, go a lot. A lot. But sometimes it's, it, it you know, that first week mm-hmm. you need to get them 
attached to the staff yes. and not to the yes. family. And you, I've seen a number of my clients change their mind. You uh-huh. know, they'll admit their husband and the next day go back and there's a I just can't do it. And they load them up in the car and take mm-hmm. them home. You're like, oh, I know. no, no, yeah. you know, so. I had a lot of concern leading up to my client being moved into the facility last week because her husband has just been exhausted and stressed out. And I thought for a little bit, he may potentially change his mind, wow. even though it's taken all this time and all yeah. these decisions have been made. And he decided, okay, this is when we're going to do it. We're going to do it. He's, he's on a major guilt trip, and sure. that's that's expected, mm-hmm. okay? So mm-hmm. don't let your emotions help determine, especially in this process, what decisions you make and, and try really hard to get some type of professional involved with the process so that it's done objectively and efficiently and as smooth as it can possibly be. Yeah. Man, so yeah, I mean, this is straight out of what you've been doing the last two weeks mm-hmm. and very practical, very relevant. And we just we want you to understand that, you know, there is a process here. And if you've got to do it, you want to do it as well as possible and as cleanly as possible yeah. for everyone involved. And I think those are excellent points to help someone. Once they've decided to do it, mm-hmm. which we talk about that quite a bit, and then yeah, determine the right level of care because you don't want to do this twice if you no, don't have to. No. So, yeah, those are great points. Thanks. Well, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Yes. All right. Thank you all very much. Um, please like and share with your friends and family. We're, we're pushing 10,000 downloads, Woo-hoo! which is quite amazing to me i know that's nothing in the big scheme of you know big time podcast or big time youtubers but it means a lot to us there's yeah. you know almost ten thousand situations out there people have listened to us and and hopefully learned and we would love it if you would share this with other people and and let us help others that's right so keep tuning in um and learning and sharing this information and please if you haven't already Check out our book. Check out the book. Check e- it out. Email us at Todd or Sarah at ToddWhatleyPA.com. Yeah, that's my legal office, but that's the Sarah S mm-hmm. at com, and we will get you a copy of the book. Yes, All right. we will. Thank, Thank you very you much. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy-to-find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. Click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, check out our Facebook page, Answers on Aging, to catch a live feed of their radio show every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please, let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family. 